This is MuggleCast, episode 24 for January 23rd, 2006. MuggleCast is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com. See why GoDaddy.com is the number one domain registrar worldwide. Now with your domain registration, you'll get hosting, a free blog, complete email, and much more. Plus, as a MuggleCast listener, enter code RON, that's R-O-N, when you check out and get your .com domain name for just $6.95 a year. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is the place where we bring you the latest in Harry Potter news, theories, discussions, cooking recipes, uh, drum sets, iPods, thumb drives, house keys. It's all right here, bundled into a little hour of your time. I'm Andrew Sims. I am Ben Chain. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Hey! <laughs> I got so excited, my voice almost cracked. <laughs> new muggle, na- new muggle caster on this week with us, Sir, Sir, Kieran. Welcome, Kieran. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, you clearly, you hate me now. Before we go anywhere else, let's check in with Micah for the past weeks, past two weeks, top Harry Potter news stories. Thanks, Andrew. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is now situated at number 10 on the list of the highest-grossing films of all time. Chamber of Secrets is in 7th position, having earned $876.7 million. Goblet of Fire has grossed a total of $866 million worldwide. WB has also announced that Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the IMAX experience, is now IMAX's highest-grossing digital remastered 2D release. It earned a staggering $16 million on 89 screens around the globe. Harry Potter has received several nominations at the 2006 Movie Phone and Movie Goer Awards. Nominations are in the areas of Movie of the Year, Actor of the Year, Dan Radcliffe, Actress of the Year, Emma Watson, Best Screen Stealer, Brendan Gleeson, and Vilest Villain, Rafe Fiennes. The 2006 BAFTA nominations have been announced. Goblet of Fire has been nominated in the categories of Production Design, Achievement in Special Visual Effects, and Makeup and Hair. The awards, hosted by Stephen Fry, will be held on February 19th in the Odeon Leicester Square, London. Warner Brothers Home Video confirmed on January 11th that Goblet of Fire will be released on DVD March 7th. The film will be available as a single disc, a two disc special edition, and as part of a collector's set of the first four films. Moving on to Order of the Phoenix, Warner Brothers announced on Tuesday that they have narrowed down the 15,000 Luna Lovegood hopefuls who turned up at the open casting call last Saturday to just 400. Order of the Phoenix casting director Fiona Weir said, We're really amazed at the response and would like to say a big thank you to everyone who gave up their Saturday. Even though we had many thousands more than anticipated, we were determined to see everyone who came along. And actor Chris Rankin confirmed yesterday that he will be coming back as Percy Weasley for the fifth movie after being absent from Goblet of Fire. In book news, Scholastic has announced that Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince will be released in its paperback form on July 25th for a retail price of $9.99. There will be an initial print run of 2 million copies. And Aaron Lambert, the genius who stole two copies of Half-Blood Prince last June, has been sentenced to prison for four and a half years. The bodybuilder later attempted to sell the books to a Sun newspaper reporter, threatening him with an imitation firearm. Following the incident, Lambert admitted to two counts of phoning and blackmailing Harry Potter publisher Bloomsbury. Joe Rowling recently sat down with Tatler Magazine for a very in-depth interview. A portion of the interview has been published in the UK newspaper The Telegraph. She discussed everything from her fundraising for multiple sclerosis to the new children's books she has finished. The interview will be published in its entirety in the February 2006 edition of The Tatler. Scans of Joe and the transcript of the interview are available on MuggleNet.com. 
The author of the Harry Potter series may take part in a charity dinner on January 25th organized by Baroness Emma Nicholson in Bucharest with the purpose of raising money for children in European orphanages. A public TV station will also interview the Harry Potter author. The program will air Wednesday, January 25th at 9.50 p.m. Finally, Pottercaster John Noe set fire to his dorm room while trying to cook dinner. The building had to be evacuated. Noe later admitted he wasn't really cooking, but attempting to destroy a set of horcree in the back of the stove. That's all the news for this January 23rd, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Micah. So, first of all, we need to apologize to everyone. I guess apologize. Because people were for upset. What? They we were. Have, they were well, very upset. <laughs> we we duped everyone by not showing up last week for the show. We were a little busy. We had some scheduling problems. Not everyone could be on at the same time. So, um, we're sorry. I guess yeah. we shouldn't be sorry. We we've put out thirty one shows <laughs> for the past since early August. Give us a break, please. Actually, Andrew had a hot date at Sophomore Cotillion. Ooh. Are you saying that the show can't go on without me, Ben? No, I'm saying that um, there are other scheduling <laughs> conflicts, but your particular scheduling conflict was the lamest of all. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the lamest of lame. Sorry I, sorry I had a life. Announcements. <laughs> Last week, instead of bringing you the, the new show, we brought you a MuggleCast remix created by Eric Skoll. He wanted us to plug it because he did really do a great job on it, and he put a lot of time on it. So definitely... Uh, give it a listen. You can download it on MongoCast.com. We didn't put it in the feed because we weren't sure if everyone would want to get it. But it is really good, so check it out. Also, um, Mike Tan has a quick update on the transcripts for us. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of emails asking where the last, I think, about three transcripts are. And they're on the new MongoCast.com site. We have a cool little update box that Andrew put on there. And uh, that has the most recent transcript in it as well as the transcript link in the navigation bar, because uh, we're not updating MuggleNet.com's main page anymore when we release our transcripts. They're only going to be on MuggleCast.com. Thanks, Micah. So th- thank you. Yeah, so that whole update, that tab bar thing, I don't even know what to call it, at the top of MuggleCast.com, the main page, that has all the little latest news updates and stuff like that. It's called so Pure Genius, is what it's called, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> so, so we encourage everyone to check that often to stay updated with what's going on around the site and the show. So let's jump right into the main discussion this week, which would be, as promised, Hagrid, Rubius Hagrid. Is that that's how you pronounce yep. it? Right? Yep. Rubius. According to the Scholastic Pronunciation Guide, it's Rubius. Well. According to the movies, it's Rubius. Rubius Hagrid. Also, let's give you a little bit of information about Hagrid. He's a half-blood. His mother is Frid Wolfa, one of the last British remaining giants. His father was a muggle, and she abandoned his family when Hagrid was only three years old. Aww. Aww. His dad died in 1941 to 1942 during Hagrid's second year at Hogwarts. Hagrid has a brother, half-giant brother, named Grop, who actually has become civilized in the last book. He was raised by his uh, human father and orphaned in his second year at Hogwarts. By the way, I made a mistake. His father was not a muggle. His father was a wizard, so please don't spam my inbox. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, Hagrid has a love for very, very um, dangerous creatures. 
Think like dragons, uh, acromantials with giant spiders, uh, hippogriffs, you know, big giant dogs, three-headed dogs. Yeah, and Hagrid's a big, big, fluffy, lovable guy, and we all love him. Right, guys? Right. Yep. So, um, what is up with his love for magical creatures? Why does he have such a love for them? I think it's because he can sort of identify with them, because people see them as, you know as dangerous obviously and people would see Hagrid as being dangerous because he's part giant and I think that Hagrid always talks about how he can see himself in Harry so I think he likes to be close with creatures and people that he can identify with not only that it has a lot to do with like like you're saying he can identify with them because they're outcasts people think they're dangerous they don't belong with the rest of society and they think the same thing about him not to mention, a lot of the uh, creatures he gets aren't dangerous to him because of his size. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, they're dangerous to wizards and muggles, but to Hagrid, it's just a normal creature. So, really, he's perfect for the position yeah. at Hogwarts that he currently is in. So, yeah, he develops a love for all these creatures because... I think Laura and I both already hit it on the head that the reason he likes them is because he is able to identify with them and that he was an outcast, they were an outcast, they are outcasts, so he has to find someone like him or something like him because I doubt he had many friends while he was at Hogwarts because he thought he opened the Chamber of Secrets and thought he was trying to petrify everyone. Speaking of which, since he was expelled his second year, what do you guys think about his... uh, Magical ability, I guess you'd say. It's very, uh, very limited. Limited, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. word. Uh, he, he really doesn't have a great knowledge of magic, and I think that's one of the reasons why he identifies with magical creatures, because there's really no need for a vast knowledge in dark arts to control him. What was Hagrid doing the night of Voldemort's demise? We all know he met with Sirius to get the motorbike and to go get... Well, that was actually after his demise, but he had to end up going to get the... Get Harry, actually. <laughs> and he stole Sirius Black's motorcycle. What do you guys think went on that night? I don't know, because there's a whole day lost in there. Well, I think that Hagrid was always considered to be one of Dumbledore's most trusted friends. Yeah, he trusted him with the Sorcerer's Stone, too. Exactly. So, obviously. So, I think that whatever he was doing, it was vital to the Order, and Dumbledore would trust him with it. Yeah, because you notice at the beginning of Sorcerer's Stone, McGonagall says, Would you trust Hagrid? Why would you trust Hagrid with such a thing? And the Dumbledore says, Professor McGonagall, I would trust Hagrid with my life. Why, though? What developed that trust? There had to be some... Well, I mean, you look at Hagrid, he he was... Maybe maybe, maybe he's just been reliable over the years. Well, yeah, I mean, he's served as gamekeeper for years and years, and Dumbledore had plenty of time to get to know him, not to mention Hagrid is fiercely loyal. I mean, he he has never once in the books broken an alliance to someone that he promised one to. Yeah, and the thing about that is, is, do you think that... Why do you think Hagrid was in Gryffindor? Don't you think he should have been a Hufflepuff because of the whole loyalty thing? Well, he's really brave, yeah. too. I mean. Yeah, but but you never know because we never got a chance to see what Hagrid would have developed with magically. So it's possible that he has some skill that we don't know because he was kicked out of school too early. 
Yeah, but we also know that you can have multiple uh, traits Talents, that apply yeah. to different houses. You know, we see Hermione, who the Sorting Hat considered putting her into Ravenclaw. So it's entirely possible that Hagrid could have some Hufflepuff traits, but I think his bravery pretty much outweighs that and would make sense for him being in Gryffindor. Is there still a question about, is it really a big deal what happened with the motorcycle? Where the motorcycle went? Didn't Joe say we were going to find out? It seems like she did, but I can't remember. I just don't see what. I don't what, see what's the, the big deal about finding out. I don't think. I don't think it's yeah. a. Pl- I don't really think it's going to be a major plot point. It just might be something that Harry inherits. It's okay. I also don't see the significance of the order of the names on the map, but you guys like the <laughs> 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 uh, Actually, I heard Voldemort. He right. He, str- he str- strolls downtown London and picks up chicks on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it went. Yeah. No, but at least at least the map had some sort of backing to it. The motorcycle, there's, it's just stupid. <laughs> it's a Horcrux. It's like where did yeah it's where a did the bed sheets go that that Mrs. Weasley talked about in book two? Nobody cares. You're supposed to laugh at that. You <laughs> 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 <Do> applause. <laughs> well, I don't. Th- like I said, it's not a major plot point, but it just might be something that Harry would like to have. Eventually. It could be like whimsical, like the kind of thing that she brings up just for fun. Yeah, kind of. maybe Harry and Ginny ride off on the motorcycle in the end. <laughs> <laughs> then this this has been the pointless discussion number six hundred fifty four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving on, what do you guys think that Hagrid knows about Tom Riddle? Because they went to school together, obviously. And they had some social contact. We know that because um, Tom Riddle spoke to Hagrid, so he was familiar with him. And he framed him, so he had to know (laughs) know him somehow. I don't know. I mean... I don't... Why Why was Hagrid chosen to be framed by Tom Riddle? Why did Tom Riddle choose him? Because Hagrid is an easy target. People are... That, that's very, what I thought, too. They're very yeah, willing to believe is. that Hagrid is evil because of his giant blood, so... He's a big oaf. Not to mention that, he's pretty gullible. He is, you know? yeah. <laughs> he, he's too... He's almost too trusting. Mm-hmm. For example, the, the dragon, when he meets with the person in the Hogshead in book one, and... He wins a dragon egg off of him, and he and he gets really drunk, and he tells him about Fluffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And pretty much but, uh, cause, it was the reason that Quirrell managed to uh, figure out how get to get the to the sorcerer's stone. Tried to get it. Yeah, almost. But we didn't finish asking why. What does Hagrid know about him? But I think we can conclude from that, from what we've seen. Not very yeah, much. Maybe personality. Especially since he was manipulated, so yeah. what he does know yeah. probably isn't real. Well, about the Horcruxes, does he? could he possibly know anything after spending some time at school with them? Locations? Well, yeah, you would think so. The Horcruxes relate to parts of Voldemort, and if anyone's... I think Hagrid would be useful for that, but then there's the question, why hasn't Hagrid given any of this information? But does Hagrid know? To, say, Harry. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't... Well, how anything. would he know, though? We haven't even heard if yeah, Hagrid doesn't know. How would he know that, about Horcruxes? Yeah, the Horcruxes were... <coughs> Maybe not Horcruxes in general, Yeah, but I think but the Horcruxes anything. are one of those things that if he was told about them, he would go back in his memory and go, wait, I remember something. The kind of thing that, mm-hmm. you know, brings up memories that at first you didn't think it was suspicious, but 
when you get more information, it tends to be. You know what I mean? But he hasn't been approached about it right. at all, right? But it, I, it would be stupid for him to tell Haggard about it because Haggard can't keep his mouth shut. Yeah. It's true. Not to mention, I have a sneaking suspicion that if he did tell Hagrid, Hagrid would be dead by now. Yeah. Why would Voldemort tell Hagrid? Exactly. He uh, wouldn't. Why would he say, hey, Hagrid, I, I plan on yeah, splitting my soul I, to I a million pieces and conquering the world? No, 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 no. But I mean, any any information that could suggest where he would have put it. Like, if Hagrid always saw him hanging out in a certain spot, or was always a obsessed item, with, like... Or yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. He always he was always items. sitting in the corner of the great hall with a shirt, t-shirt on. And says, "I'm making a Horcrux over here." And <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no. Just, no, no, no. I see what Ben's saying, though. I see what Ben's <laughs> saying, though. How mean. much attention would Haggard have really paid to him? I mean, it's not like they. It's but not you like never they were know. We, we got to ask Haggard. It's not like they. they okay, talked in, on a regular in your high basis. school, Andrew, tell me. In your high school, do you walk around th- like writing down the habits and the? Particular objects that people are obsessed with. No, but there are people. There are people that you see on a daily basis that I'm not saying are acting weird or yeah, anything. Yeah, but their <laughs> but their actions seem normal at the time. But yeah, yeah you can tell. You can tell what they're you know like you 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 know if someone's always sitting in this one corner like you know drawing out little sketches of the school, you know something's up. <laughs> as far as we know, he really yeah. only made one Horcrux while he was at school. Right. Uh, that's an assumption. I mean, we well, really have no proof on how many he made or if he made... Well, I, I, th- I think he probably only made one. And why, Okay, why would he... He's not a stupid person. He would know that it, someone would might catch on if he's always obsessing over the a trophy in the trophy room or something like that. Yeah, but I don't think that it takes that much time that it would seem he was obsessing. I think he would make his okay, mark. If, if, where if he was going to make a Horcrux, he would he would do it secretly. I of mean, course, he's not gonna... of course. But does he need to see a trophy to know that the trophy is there and to make know where he's going to go to make the Horcrux? Does he need to? Obsess? I have no idea. But what Can I'm saying like is, he, he may show <laughs> no. Like he he may show no indication of obsessing over an item and then just create the Horcrux. But doesn't the item have to be nearby? It of does course. have to be nearby. But that's what I'm saying. If, for example, it was a trophy, he knows the trophy is there. So when he's ready to create the Horcrux, he goes to the trophy room and creates a Horcrux. This is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure when he went to tri- went to the trophy room to make a Horcrux, he he invited Hagrid along too. <laughs> oh, stop being sarcastic. <laughs> it's the personality thing. It's 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 just you can assume. <laughs> what's the right, What's the word I'm looking for? You can gather information about a person just by observing. Yeah, but how much does do Hagrid observe? I mean, whatever. how much does he observe of other students? I don't know. We need to ask him. That's we what need I'm to saying. Ask him. <laughs> Hagrid will be on Michael Cast next week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about Hagrid's parents? We already discussed how his father was a wizard and his mom was a a giant. I mean, the conception of Hagrid must have not been pretty. But. Um, <laughs> Let's not Whoa. go into <laughs> Please. Thanks, Whoa. What, what about the relationship with his brother, though? Grop. Well, I think it must be pretty strong for him to endure, like, what Grop put him through in Book 5. You know, um, he had bruises nearly every day, so he must be beating him up pretty hard. So, 
I think we can gather from that that it's pretty strong, and I think Grope will definitely be an asset in Book Seven in like the fight against Voldemort. Now, do you think Grope is going to play a role in convincing other giants to join the cause rather than Hagrid? I think it's a lost cause, personally. Do you? Mm-mm, me neither. See, see, the thing is, is that Hagrid has been kept around until this book. I mean, we've been predicting he'll die every book for two books. That, that's just people are a-holes. They, they want him to I know, die. But, but J.K. Rowling herself said that she keeps characters around because they have purpose. If they don't have a mm-hmm. purpose, she's not going to show them, mention them, or, you know, deal with them. So she why well, of course Hagrid has a purpose... Hagrid has a purpose because he's Harry's uh, one of Harry's mentors. Just because. Uh, well, so was Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Religion. She had a reason for killing Dumbledore. She wouldn't kill Hagrid because Harry's taken enough blows as it is, and Hagrid's sort of like. But a that's not real life, though. That's not real life. The thing she always tries to portray real life, and just because someone is a mentor doesn't stop them from dying. It's true. Okay. Shot down, Ben. That is not really shot down because that's nothing to do with what I was even talking about. I was no, saying but it's true. That Hagrid, I mean, Hagrid still has a purpose in the series. And if you want to talk about real life, last time I checked, there wasn't a school where people are running around shooting spells at each other. So no, that's not what I'm saying. Down. <sighs> well, okay, Hagrid is a lifeline to Harry because he's one of his mentors. And he's always there for Harry when Harry's in some problem, difficulty. Harry goes down to his hut and blah, 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 blah. But so is Dumbledore exactly. and Sirius. They were both So why is Hagrid too. still around so, when they aren't? Because, okay, she's special? not going to kill everybody. Well, why is that third-year kid who was... We know that. Why ben, is Ernie McMillan still around? Ben, why, 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 is why would she have... Justin Finch-Fletchley <laughs> still around? Ben, why is... But, Ben, why, 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 why is would Filch she... Why still around? Why is... Why do you think there's a limitation for her to kill only one character per book? There isn't a limitation. Multiple people yeah. die per book. Yeah, but but one major. But one character. major. It's one major character. character. Who cares? Although because I think there's it's, still I think purpose it books... to that character, just like Dumbledore was kept around in book five because he had to show Harry the Horcruxes. Hagrid okay, has a I purpose think you in guys... book seven. Hagrid isn't that major of a character. Yes, he anyways. is. What is who is the first magical character that Harry ever meets? Okay, that's fine. But it's, okay, it's, so it's, that character not has, has diminished. Of course. No, his role in the books have this minute. They've diminished. And but you, that's what I'm you saying. Always, you're, you're trying to make a you're trying to make a connection here, which doesn't even no, make sense. No, all actually, like Hagrid I is disagree. the key to the series. I don't. No, 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 no. Hagrid's role has not diminished. We haven't seen him as much because <laughs> I think he's been doing other things, especially going out and trying to uh, gather the giants in book five. He's gonna throw rock cakes at Voldemort. That's what he's gonna do. <laughs> I honestly, I think his. I think it's either to deal with the giants or to help Harry directly fight Voldemort in some way. Like, okay, very just because he's still around doesn't mean that he has this ultimate purpose in the end. I think it makes sense for Hagrid to die in book seven because <laughs> I'm going to talk about okay. Harry. <laughs> Listen, there's one significant character that dies in, well, in the past two books. Sirius was very important to Harry and he died in book five. Dumbledore was very important to Harry and he died in book six. Now, wouldn't it make sense that the, 
the only other really important character besides Ron and Hermione is Hagrid. Right? Is there anyone else that's really important yeah, to Harry? Like a the mentor? Weasleys. <clears throat> so, according to my pattern, my calculations, my... You know, well, the, the Weasleys... I, I don't know. That they're sort of separated. Because... Okay, Mike is definitely no, Lupin's not a mentor as much as anyone else. <laughs> Lupin is Mike not a mentor as much as... Lupin is not as much of a mentor as Hagrid is. But he is a mentor. So, according to my... Yes, but not as major. I'm just saying it would make sense that Hagrid would kick the can in Why? seven. Honestly, because I don't know such, if he's gonna die. Because he's Harry's final lifeline inside the school. Honestly... I don't know if he's going to die, but I do think he's going to play some role. I agree. Okay, Sherlock Holmes. Sorry. I Thank just think it would make obvious. sense. No, let's, because let's do Hagrid, a role call. Hagrid call. dying. Who believes that Hagrid is Hagrid. going to play a significant role? Laura? I. Yeah, well, all of us. <laughs> I think we all do. Ben doesn't. But I... <laughs> no, no. No, Ben, ben is Ben. Ben is... Okay. okay. What, Ben? Go ahead. You guys are definitely misconstruing my viewpoint on this. What I am saying is that you guys have to find an ulterior reason for everything. There's always something else that has to be going on. Hagrid is still around just because he's not 85 and he's not dead yet. It's not like J.K. Rowling decides to say, well, I haven't killed Hagrid off for this reason. Of course, he's still going to have some purpose in the final book, and it may be to mentor Harry, but being a mentor could be enough because Harry's had multiple mentors killed off already. Why? Why would she kill off another? And also, like you said, because <laughs> look at my pattern. I haven't Clearly. seen your pattern. I haven't seen your pattern. Uh, I'm gonna draw a picture of it, <laughs> and we'll include that in the show notes. Yes, okay. a picture of Andrew's pattern. It- Hagrid dying would tear him apart more than many other people in the book. I think so, too. So, and Sirius dying tore him apart, and so did Dumbledore. Why, why doesn't so, Joe just kill everyone? I, that's what I'm saying. It's this a is good what idea. should happen. It'd be well, an easy way to end book seven. Well, There'd be well, no more is, mysteries. Uh, <laughs> what is your, Andrew, Andrew, what does your pattern say about this? Um, everyone dying, my pattern says slim to none. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the ratio, it's a little bit off. What do you think? Where, where? Okay, Hagrid was expelled in his three years. Where did he go immediately following his expulsion? Did he immediately become um, gamekeeper, assistant gamekeeper to Og, or was it that he he ran away from the school and he? I I think at the very least he was um, he had some involvement with Dumbledore. Oh really? Really? Did it take you a long <laughs> time to think that one up? <laughs> yeah, it did. No, no, but seriously, like direct contact where to the point where Dumbledore set up whatever he was doing. Uh, you mean the groundskeeping? Yeah, well, not necessarily the groundskeeping at first, maybe where he was living, where, you know, what he was doing in his spare time, stuff like that. I well, think he I'm definitely sure... hung around at Hogwarts. Yeah, well, I was thinking in between after graduating and getting his job there, he, that's when he really spent some time. Maybe he lived in the woods and was like a total uh, hermit, outcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not D- sure Dumbledore just, would let him do that, though. I don't think no, so just, either. No, I mean, yeah. just learning about creatures and living among them. It, well, I, think that, I would think that Dumbledore would promote his interest in magical creatures and maybe um, hint at where he should go and what books he should read and stuff like that. Yeah, can Hagrid read? 
I would hope so. Okay. He could go to school for a couple I, of years. Yeah, he can, because in the first book, he wrote a letter to Dumbledore. Yep, oh, see? Oops. Couldn't down. he, like, not spell, though? Wasn't yeah, it, like, poorly he, written? He has poor spelling. Yeah, but he can, he can still read. And at, like, a fifth grade level. <laughs> uh, did, there's a really silly question here that I'm seeing in the, our, in the chat here. Did, did Haggard always want to be a groundskeeper? How much does he know about the grounds? Well, the thing about him, did he always want to be a groundskeeper? I doubt it was his dream. You know, it's it's like if someone works at McDonald's, you know, did, did he always want to work at McDonald's? No, he didn't, but he he sort of got forced into that position because he wasn't able to get his the rest of education. Yeah, but, but I think he loves it. He, he likes it's it now. A job, it's potentially a job that he may not have seen himself in in the beginning, but now he just loves it. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. It's something that grew on him, maybe. And I don't think we'll ever know what he could have potentially been, because he got expelled. But how much does he know about the grounds of the school? Uh, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I think he's, um, I, who, who mentioned this yesterday? Kieran, I think. Um, or two days ago. Uh, about Filch being oh, to... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Filch knows basically the whole of Hogwarts, like, inside. And I'd say Hagrid, like, knows everywhere outside so i think yeah he's basically the equivalent of like uh the knowledge of what like what uh filch knows inside. i think that makes sense because because you got to have someone who's completely experienced with the grounds outside and being that hagrid is the groundskeeper i think it's sort of a no-brainer there um i think if he was he wasn't expelled in third year i think one of the jobs he might have liked is um what charlie does um you know dragon keeping but but I, I'm sure he's happy with um, mm-hmm. groundskeeping. It's not a paying job, I don't think. Does, do you think he gets paid? <laughs> not like it really matters, mm. but... Well, he's a teacher now, anyway, so... Yeah. So we're bringing in the big dough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about Robbie Coltrane and how he's portrayed Hagrid in the movies? I think he's done an excellent job, and he's sort of what I... I oh, yeah, definitely. I think he's one of the major, one of the only characters that have been portrayed perfectly, like to I agree. the dot. You Definitely. know, Ruby is Hagrid. Keeper of the I love keys. that voice. Yeah, it's it, it really is perfect, and he it, it, he <laughs> looks great in the role, and he's just a good person. Um, Kieran, did you talk to him on the red carpet? Um, no, actually, I was talking to someone else, and he walked by. But he's actually oh, pretty okay. funny. Um, I was talking to David Bradley, the guy who plays Filch, and uh, yeah, he came up and behind him and pulled his hair for some random reason. <laughs> <laughs> Does he, doesn't he have like a ponytail or something? Um, David Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, he has pretty long hair. Oh, okay. But he uh, pulled it. Train, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know why. <laughs> Hi, this is Madison from New Jersey. I live right near Medford, Andrew. Anyway, I have a question about Hagrid. What is the job of the Keeper of the Keys? We haven't actually seen Hagrid keep keys since the Sorcerer's Stone. And where did he get Harry's key? Thanks, and I love the show. Bye. I think he still has the keys. He, they just don't get mentioned because there's exactly. no purpose. And yeah. the, Harry's key, I think that's obvious. I think it came from Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not Dumbledore, I'm sure. For the vault we're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. Okay. I'm sure. Um, Harry's parents had their affairs in order because they knew they might get killed soon. 
Yeah. So they probably mm-hmm. told Dumbledore, hey, if we die, you know, Harry gets everything, here's his key, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. But but what is the Keeper of the Keys? Like, is there any doors that we haven't seen that are important to Hogwarts? Um, he's just he... in charge of handling the keys. It's like a management What else position. is there to it? He has the key I, to the, the Quidditch, something. the Quidditch, clo- the Quidditch broom closet. I bet he has. <laughs> he's got the key to um, happiness and yeah, joy. But <laughs> I, th- I think the reason why they ask is because it's they make it out to be a very large title. Like keeper of the keys. Well, based off know? the way you and you and Laura were acting earlier, it seems to me he'd have the key to the series. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I think it's just a clever title because it's keeper of the keys. What's the term for that? Janitor. Uh, Janitor. <laughs> no, no. I mean the 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 English term alliteration or the. Yeah, alliteration, yeah. Uh, decay. Yeah. So, so you think it's just simply he has the keys and he controls it? Pretty yeah, there's much. nothing to it. Okay. Stop overanalyzing, guys. Hey, that's what we're we overanalyzing. Well, you know what we're doing? I agree. I think that it's just just a job that Dumbledore gave him. I think yeah. we're burning into people's minds that they have to overanalyze everything because, like, you know, they listen to us for an hour and a half. Well, they do. <laughs> They do Whatever. have to overanalyze everything. Apparently I'm not funny anymore. You aren't. <laughs> oh, ne- you never next, were next funny. Voicemail. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. I okay. am freaking hilarious. Hi, I'm Freddie from London, England, and I was just wondering what you thought the chances of Hagrid dying in the seventh book were, as he does have a close relationship with Harry. And whenever Harry forms a bond with someone, they always seem to die, which is the reason he broke off with Ginny. Which brings me on to Ginny. Do you think there's a possibility of Ginny becoming a, being a Horcrux for the seventh book as she did handle Tom Riddle's diary? She is a seventh child and she's a magical number. Well, that is a magical number. And, um, and she, that guy, <laughs> did say she had unusual talent. Bye. I, I agree with Freddie there and this is what we talked about earlier. Hagrid, or Harry is very close to Hagrid, so I think it would, well, let's just kill him. Make sense. I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna you kill never him. know. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. You never Hagrid. know. Okay. You're going to kill Haggard? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> as for that second part of the question, Ginny Weasley being a Horcrux. Not a how, chance. Yeah. No, how, 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 how could he make so. Ginny a Horcrux? If exactly. He wasn't and even alive in human form. Exactly. Though. And I believe I believe that he created all seven Horcruxes or Horcree um, before he died. He had to have. Yeah. Hi, Muzzle Class. This is Lily from Massachusetts, and I have a question about Hagrid. Um, my sister thinks he's going to become the next headmaster after Dumbledore died, but I think she's crazy. So, anyway, um, I really don't think that's going to happen. Uh, well, do you think he's going to stay at Hogwarts now that Dumbledore's dead? Because he said that if there are students that he could teach, then he'd stay. But is Hogwarts really going to stay open? And what can he do for the order if he doesn't stay? I mean, what can he do to help the good guys' side, if you will? Thanks so much. I love your show. Um, headma- Hagrid as a headmaster. I don't think that worked out very well. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> How old is your sister? <laughs> uh, Tell her to listen to MuggleCast more. Yeah, um, I think the best chance is for McGonagall to become the headmaster. 
headmistress. Yeah, well, let's let's Excuse not me. use gendered language here. <laughs> uh, um, as for what he would do, do you think? I don't know. Of course he'll no. Of course he'll stay at Hogwarts. I think he he'll abandon it. Hogwarts is his home. I know Hogwarts is really. I mean, it's really the only home he's ever known. Well, he, well, he he he's going to stay at Hogwarts, but what is he going to do at like what is his classification going to be? Um, keeper of the keys. <laughs> I think this leads into uh, a, another voicemail I have somewhere around here. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Kevin asks, like, he has a pile of them and he like puts them in his cassette player and it's like... Yeah. <laughs> hey, Halo. No, no, no. That, that's, that's a good point. Let's play that voicemail now. Yeah, my name is Ryan Moore. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I had a question. I noticed your next topic will be about Rubius Hagrid. And I was curious if you guys think that with Professor McGonagall now as the headmistress of Hogwarts after Dumbledore died and that who will be the next Gryffindor head of house. I think it will be Hagrid. To me, he seems to have his choice. Wondering what you guys think, and hope you haven't already answered it. Thanks. Oh, yeah, that is a good question. Well, what, what, I, what I think is that Hagrid might actually... I mean, there's a possibility he would. I think Slughorn, if Hogwarts is open, I think that Slughorn is going to become resume his position as the Slytherin head of house, and... Well, who better than Hagrid to become the Gryffindor head of house? Who else is there? Or is it yeah, possible right, yeah. for McGonagall to be head of house and headmistress? I don't think so. I, I don't think, think so, so because it would show favoritism, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I think that's a possibility. Distinct pop. Good question, though. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps up all of our Hagrid discussion. Now let's go over to the regular voicemails. Hi, guys. This is Holly from Arkansas. I'm just listening to you on my way to work this morning. And I had a question about Goblet of Fire. Um, in the chapter with the faux glass, Snape, Dumbledore, McGonagall are all reflected in uh, Moody's faux glass. Or not Moody's faux glass. And I don't know what that means. Does that mean they're all on the same side? That's my question. Thanks. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that the I don't think the faux glass is a long term type thing. I think it's very. It, I think it just applies to present. To a I don't present think type it sense. shows allegiances. I think it shows who's against you. Who's at that against time. a person at that time? Exactly. Yeah. Hi, Mugglecast. This is Carolyn calling from Paris, France, not Texas. I wanted to bring up the fact that Harry has attempted to use the Cruciatus curse on more than one occasion because nobody seems to be bothered by this. Now, as we all know, the successful use of this curse merits a lifetime sentence in Azkaban. Doesn't it follow that the attempted use, like attempted murder, is a crime as well? And on a moral level, does it worry or bother you that Harry tried to cast it? Thanks. On a moral level, I don't really think so, because he was extremely mad both times. And I think the fact that he wasn't able to do it shows that he doesn't have enough hatred to do it. Yep. Because I like agree. like Bellatrix said, you have to actually mean it. You have to want to see them scream, want to inflict pain on them, and he doesn't have the enough hate in him to do it. But it, I think it does worry us that he has that temper that he would do that. Because does he's he's aware of what the consequences are, right? So you get what I'm saying here. Yeah, but he was trying to defend himself. I know, but isn't the 
Doesn't the rules... Yeah, oh. but I find it hard to believe that if a Death Eater is about to kill yeah, you and you use the so. killing curse on them and they die, you would be sent to Azkaban. Yeah, I find just, it very yeah. hard yeah. to believe. Yeah. Well, there, there, there's an exception. There's, Of course there's an exception. Kind of like if someone breaks into your house and has a gun and you shoot them with your gun, you're not going to get sent to prison for it because you're defending yourself. Exactly. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like how if you can you can kill someone... Or, like, shoot someone if you believe that your life or the life of someone else is in danger. Yep. I agree. This is Kelly from California. Do you think that Snape used Legomancy to communicate with Dumbledore on the astronomy tower? Because on page 595, it said that Snape gazed at Dumbledore for a moment before he got killed. Thanks. Bye. I think they definitely were. If if uh, it's true that they had planned this beforehand, that uh, Snape would kill Dumbledore... I think um, Dumbledore let Snape read his mind and like say like urge uh, Snape to go ahead with it and just kill him and not be weak. So, so he, do you think it's possible that there wasn't a uh, a unbreakable vow like we were predicting, and rather just a communication between Snape and Dumbledore? Because that's another possibility. Well, in the previous episode, we said that um, Dumbledore and Snape possibly had an unbreakable vow between the two of them. Yeah. Where if Dumbledore was ever in a position, well, if Snape was ever in a position where Dumbledore's life over his, Snape's own position was questioned, if that makes sense, yeah. um, it would be Dumbledore's life. You know, you would take Dumbledore's life. Well, no, I I think what you're trying um, to say is assuming that Snape is innocent. Did that make any sense? I think I they were probably <laughs> that one speaking <laughs> to each other on a different platform than well, out well, loud. well. I'm not only saying that. I'm saying that is it possible that instead of what we predicted as an unbreakable vow, it was actually just a simple communication between the That's two. That's possible before. too. Yeah, I think so, especially because that whole. Cerevis, please line. I think it was more of a reminder. Cerevis? Servers, whatever. Servers. Whatever. That line is the same line. We mentioned this last time. That is said by Narcissa in Spinner's End. So I think by Dumbledore saying that exact same line in that chapter, he was reminding Snape of the unbreakable vow he had with Narcissa and that he had to go through with it. Okay, so that wraps up this week's voicemails. Good job, everyone. Good job, everyone. Well, 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 let's let's duel it up, guys. Let's duel it up. Ben, Ben, you want to duel it up, Ben? You want to duel it up? Let's duel it up. Let's duel this, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur, here's a few that we've picked out this week. Arthur versus Lucius. Arthur. Actually, no. no hold on a second. Think- Ancient mythology. Wasn't there a King Lucius that killed a King Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the kidding. Other way I no, I think no, I think there's something. We'll try it the other like way that. around. Yeah, Arthur killed Lucius. Yes, Arthur's a rather big king. I'm not that, sure that, how much no. magical. We haven't really seen um, how talented Arthur is when it comes to magic. Really, apart from the fact that we know he can enchant, you know, muggle things like cars to fly. So I'm assuming yeah. he must be pretty he's still powerful. Full, yeah, he's still a full-grown wizard. Mm-hmm. But still. If it, Lucius is a Death Eater, there's no question about it that he could. Okay, the, 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 that's a st- okay. That is the stupidest reasoning I've ever heard in my life. Too. Well, why? Who says Arthur? Are you kidding me? 
He does nothing. You make, like it sound like, said. make it sound like Arthur, like the TV show on PBS. He's that bad. Arthur <laughs> Weasley. I okay. I used to love that show. But so Arthur. Arthur. No, Arthur Weasley. We haven't like Laura said. We haven't seen anything out of him. So how can you assume that he? Would we haven't seen be anything Lucius? out of Lucius either. We saw him. Okay. Yeah, well, we've seen them in Chamber of Secrets, and he's a Death Eater, so he must have some magical skills. He, well, Arthur's a member of the Order, so so should he. But no, no. No, but there's a difference. Dumbledore will let anyone who wants to help into the Order. Yeah. yeah. See, with Voldemort, you have to well, uh, have, some, the, have some sort whatever. of talent. Not true. How the hell is Wormtail in there if you have to have some kind of talent? It's true. It's because he's a servant. Voldemort will take any type of help he can get when it comes to things that benefit him. Okay, you guys are definitely making no, that's, flawed, flawed That's a good point. Why Why would Voldemort say no if he's going to be able to help him? Yeah, that's the same thing he that the servant. Order does then. You can't, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you said, well, so Lord, just okay, well then, then Laura's falling all over herself in contradictions because she, first she says, well, no, no, it's, no, no, it's no, a, no. yeah, you said, ben. you said that you have ben. to be talented to get into. Ben. No, you ben. said that Dumbledore let Hagrid, not Hagrid, no. but, um, does, does Voldemort let Arthur let in order because at- he can help her out. Help Let's out. play ben. it back. Ben. Let's play it. Micah, Micah, read that back for me. Blah, does blah, Voldemort blah, blah, let blah, blah, Wormtail blah. go out and fight for him? No, he doesn't. That's the thing. Dumbledore will choose people according to their particular talents, and he will assign them different tasks. Well, same thing, the same exact thing that Dumbledore does. Yes, it is. No, no, no. No, I'm saying... Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, but we always take from what we know, and from what we know, (laughs) Arthur's nothing. Exactly. Honestly, guys, honestly, I don't think we know enough about Arthur to make a clear judgment on whether he'd win. We know Ron isn't good at magic, so... Does it like run in the family that all of them aren't good at magic? Because Draco is probably better than Ron. Yeah. Yeah. So Lucy is. Wait, but Arthur was good enough to stand guard in the uh, Ministry of Magic. He must obviously be stand guard. But did he do anything? He works in the Ministry of Magic. If you're standing guard, this. Not to mention he's at the Ministry of Magic. So he would. He would have an excuse for being down there. Well, at least in the Ministry because he works there. Yeah, it's unlike. Alert other people. Well, he could be. He could have been. That's right. stupid. Mm-hmm. What? Ben, you're out of your mind. You're you're out of your mind. No, you're out of your mind. Well, then stop making a judgment. <laughs> I I'm don't know. I, I really don't Lucius. think we know enough about Arthur to make a clear judgment. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I, I don't. Did, did your pattern tell you that, too? <laughs> no, but 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 looking back, okay, if, if Arthur <laughs> the Aardvark is too Arthur <laughs> Weasley. So. They're, they're both weak. Period. How about Hermione versus G- Ginny? This being, I think this would be another uh, cat fight, like uh, McGonagall and Umbridge. I think so too. We spoke about. Oh yeah. Cool. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be pretty sweet, man. <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. This is sort of like with the first one. We haven't seen much out of Ginny, as we haven't out of Arthur. Like Mike brought up, it could run in the family that all of them are bad at magic, sort of like Ron is. So, um, I don't think so either. I think she's. Uh, but have we seen? Have we s- I don't think Ginny's bad at magic, though. Well, we know that Ginny um, used that bat bogey curse and got them out of the grips of Umbridge and all of her inquisitorial stuff. I think the word for her would be clever. So she, she can't. She can't she be that bad. Be a little more uh, 
devious in her methods, you know. Well, well, so is Hermione, don't you think? No, I think I think Hermione is a little more direct. <laughs> I think she clever too. She leaves, unlike Ron. Things like what? I don't have any specific examples. <laughs> I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, in book four on page three fifty. <laughs> I don't have mm-hmm. any specific examples. <laughs> memorized well, I think we have to assume that Hermione would win. Because we don't know enough about Ginny, but we know that she's a year below Hermione. So, I'd say Hermione would definitely win. I would say so, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's This week, we are going to make an indefinite postponing of Spy on Spards. Because Guys Emerson has become so boring over the past two weeks, it's just like... Oh, there's like nothing going on, so <laughs> that we could talk about. <laughs> so, if you want us to spy on a random person, on on someone that you you want to know more about, whether it's a Mugglenet staffer, whether it's some famous celebrity, we'll look into it. Actually, no, make it a Mugglenet staffer. <laughs> I'll, I'll, if you want to spy on Jamie, or you want to spy on. Uh, Whoever, send your spy-ons to um, <coughs> MuggleCast at staff.mugglenet.com. So now, in light of Jamie not being here, let's let's start some, let's start a new segment. Oh God! It's it's not Jamie's British joke of the day. It's Kieran's Irish joke of the day. <laughs> okay, Kieran, you got one for us? <laughs> yeah, I got one. Um, okay. How can you tell if an Irish man is having a good time? How? He's Dublin over with laughter. Wow, thanks for that, Kieran. We're sad. Womp, 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 womp. That was good. Oh yeah, Andrew, we almost forgot. <gasps> um, last week we did an interview with Melissa... And Ellie? Uh, who made it to the second... No, not an Ellie. Melissa Blank. I don't, we don't, we never got her last name, but she made it to the second... <laughs> we do. You don't have, we're not gonna say no. it, though. She made it to the last, the last round, not the last round, the second round of auditions for Luna Lovegood. So, let's hope she gets in. But we have a little interview with her. She talks about the auditions, the process she went through, how she's excited about it. So let's play that now. So Melissa, tell us how you became interested in uh, applying for this role. Well, I was actually, I was with my family in the United States because my mom died from cancer a few years ago. And every January, we go to visit my parents. I found out about the auditions through MuggleNet, and I begged my aunt to let me uh, pull them back home. So I went back home, and I went with one of my friends, and we went to the audition at like 5.30 in the morning, and I spent most of the line away. She kept on having to wake me up so I could get in. And then I just basically said where I was from and my name, and they're like, "Well, what is the uh, problem?" I was like, "All right, why not?" Um, what made you want to try out for Luna? When the first book came out, I read it and I was like, "That girl seems so familiar to me." And I was just asking my friends why she seems so familiar, and they're like, "She's exactly like you." I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> so. Yeah, sometimes you have to hear it from other people to know where you're from. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there were a lot of people who went out to audition, so what was it like waiting in line? Well, I slept most in line off what my friend said. We were waiting for about four hours before we got called in, like four or five hours. I was like, well, that was not, that's not too bad. She's like, of course it wasn't too bad for you. You were sleeping. 
was like, yes, yeah, so. <laughs> I was just wondering what you thought the general atmosphere was like, what it was like to be around so many other people who were intent on getting this role. It was, like, I never, I didn't feel actually very nervous, because everyone's so nice. Like, there was, like, this huge group of girls around, and they're like, so why are you here? I was like, so I everybody else's. And they're like, well, for that reason, I was like, I want this. <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, but is there any specific reason why you want it? I was like, I was like, I don't know, I just want it. <laughs> so everyone's really nice and friendly, and they don't even think about, like, intimidating you. How far into the auditioning process did you make it? Well, we just went through the first round, which was just saying where we were from. And I was like, I wasn't paying attention, actually. I was one of the last girls to say where I was from. And my friend kept nudging me. She was like, Melissa, it's your turn, it's your turn. I was like, oh, I was like, I'm Melissa, I'm from Oxford. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, so that was that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I got that situated then. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, one question that we have is about the auditioning process. What what exactly was involved? How did they decipher between who was good and who would not fit the part? It's like, basically, well, after we said our names in our um, they, they had a group of us, like, small groups, small groups of that, of the hundreds of so girls. We worked for their names. Actually, they looked kind of past us in our group, and they just kind of looked at our faces. And I, I had a hard time to keep from laughing because everyone's like just looking at me, and I'm like, "What am I supposed to do here? Am I supposed to laugh or am I supposed to be serious?" So I just kind of smiled and was like, "Hi," you know. <laughs> so you were a bit nervous, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Um, I have a question regarding Luna's appearance. Could you tell if they were looking for girls who fit the description of having blonde hair and kind of silvery blue eyes, or were they kind of letting that slide, figuring that, you know, someone could dye their hair or put in contacts? Well, my, my friend that I went with, she, I thought she looked exactly like her, and I thought she was for sure going to get, like, getting the call. And, um, because she has really long blonde hair, like dirty blonde hair, not like bright blonde, but dirty blonde. And she has these really big kind of her eyes. And then they didn't call her, and I was like, what? Like, they, they, they have this process. They don't, they look at you and see if you're right for it, but they're kind of looking for your personality, even though you can't really have personality just saying your name or where you're from. And then they kind of were like, well, that girl seems kind of like, oh, I guess it's fine, you know. Like, they want somebody that can actually relate to them, and they want someone that girls can relate to. So they kind of look for that as well, because some girls, they didn't look like her. Like, I, I went into, when I came outside, I was looking for the next group of girls, because when I found them there, this girl with really dark hair and really dark eyes was like, oh, no. I was like, what? I was like, hey, I got through too. And I was like, there's nothing like her. This is great. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, everyone's just like, it's not it's not a big deal appearance-wise, but it kind of is because, you know, they want somebody that looks like her. But they're also kind of like, well, we actually want somebody that girls can relate to because she has to be kind of like, you know, kind of distant sometimes, but she also has to be someone that girls can relate to. Right, and do you think you can do that? Yeah. Do you think you look like her at the same time? Well, a tiny bit. Like, I'm more like her in personality than anything. Than, 
looking wise, but you know. So where do you go from here? What's what's next? When do you expect another uh, message from WB? Well, um, my dad's actually he's um back in London. He's waiting, and he's he's going to call me if they call me back. So I was like, okay, dad, that's fine. And he's like, are you sure you can like stay there with your aunt when he says yeah? I was like, yeah, I can stay home. And he's like, well, who's going to teach you school? I was like, Aunt Wendy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. So my aunt's been teaching me school yet, schooling when I was. And I've been kind of hanging out with my cousin, too. So. How many people were evaluating you while you were, um, I guess, auditioning? I'm not sure you'd call it an audition since they were mainly looking for an appearance and kind of an aura. But how many people looked at you? Um, I'd say at some point, like some girls said around 10. And I had around like 7, so I guess around 7 to 10 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, depending on which group it was and what time it was. That's pressure. <laughs> yeah, really, I'd say. So, do you have any final thoughts, such as what you hope to see in the final Luna Lovegood? Well, I just think whoever they pick, I hope that girls can relate to her, even if it's, like, not me, because there was lots of girls that wanted to see that. But I hope whoever does get picked, everyone can just say, like, she's perfect. So, I, that's what really I'm hoping for, no matter what. Okay, cool. Well, enjoy your time in the States, and thank you for joining us, and best of luck. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. It was great talking to you. Oh, it was great talking to you. That just about does it for us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I am BenShane.com, EmmaWatson.us. <laughs> Um, Redcast, all of these things that I, I'm just spreading myself out here. I'm Kevin Steck. <laughs> I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And I'm Kieran Lockham. Oh, and everybody, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. Hold on, hold on. We're not done yet. Everybody, join us next week when we are going to be discussing. I have it, guys. I have the perfect person we're going to discuss, Ron. Okay. Kieran, thanks Thank for joining us this week. I think we're gonna have you on as a regular. Okay. People, people love those foreign dudes. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> do. <laughs> we'll see everyone next week for episode Vente y Cinco. It's Bente. Did I say that right? Bente y Cinco. No, it's not Bente. Yeah, yeah you pronounce V's v. like bees. You pronounce. V's I've had like five bees. or six years of bente. Spanish, and we were never told. Well, that. Not all the time, but yeah, it's, it's Bente. Bente y Cinco. <laughs> Good night, uh, everybody. Good morning. What, what was that kid's name who, uh, what was that kid's name who crossed Cuba to Emilio Hey, this is Ben from New Jersey, and I wanted to tell you guys I really love your podcast, even though I just started listening to it this year. Okay, keep up the good work. Love Harry Potter. Thanks. Bye. Hi, guys. This is Sam from Maryland. I just want to let you guys know that there's a new podcast in the house, and it's called iMuggle, and we're now on iTunes. So, watch out. I mean, we're not ever going to be as good as you, but still, please mention us on the show, because we're just that great. Oh, and remember, Spork's Rule.
Hi, this is Mark here from Georgia. I am, well, pretty much I just turned 12. My birthday was January 11th. So happy, so happy late birthday to me. But anyways, um, I just want to say that I love your show and I listen to it while I do my homework, while I'm on the ride to school, on the ride home from school, and while I am in the bath and also when I'm, and also at night when I'm in bed. So, yeah, and I haven't gotten that far into it because I just pretty much discovered how good it was. So, yeah. Hey, Michael Cass, this is Sarah from New York. I just wanted to say how upset I am that you have no episode this week. So, I hope you make it up next week with a really long two-hour episode. I know everybody would want it. Um, you guys are amazing. Keep up the great work. And I love the girls on the show. Woohoo! Um, and, yeah. Hi, my name is Alex. I'm from Ohio. I just wanted to say I love your podcast, and I'm watching it all the time on my iPod, and um, I don't have any questions. I just wanted to call and thank you for having it. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Salem from England. Just want to say your show is great. Keep the good work going. Thanks. Hey, this is Ryan Wachowski from Orange County, California, and I would so, so, so like it if you could give a shout-out to everyone at RSM intermediate school I would just freaking love it I would love it I would love it I would love it and I love your show you guys are awesome I love you Andrew you're crazy but I love you bye That sounds like such a three-year-old thing. There are probably plenty of other main characters for her to whack off in book seven. Okay. I, but, uh, She's going to whack off uh, these characters. You just said whack off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Micah? Get your head out of the gutter. Um, um, what is the job of the keeper... Kevin, read what? these. <laughs> what is the job of the Keeper of the Keys? We haven't actually seen Hagrid keep keys since the Sorcerer's Stone. And where did he get Harry's key? Madison, come over to my house sometime. I think that would be a little scary, but... <laughs> to meet you, Why? I mean, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. It was Why? a little traumatizing for I wouldn't, me. So. I wouldn't want to get to your house either. Kevin, I remember seeing you walk in through the door of the hotel, and I was like, "That's Kevin Stack? God, he's short." Uh, yeah, <laughs> he up. saw me. He saw. He saw me, and he's like, "Oh my God, he's huge." <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember he saw me. And the first thing he does, eyes get really big, and he goes, "You're me? Like, you, no, 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 Ke- Kevin, Kevin. Oh, I saw Kevin, Ben. I'm like, Kevin's eyes get really big, and he goes, "Holy crap, you're a lot bigger than I expected." <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Wow! For such a small personality, a you're a big person. Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Uh, so okay. anyway, that'll be the that'll be the blooper. Let's um, and we got that out of the way at least. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs>